Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. Season two, episode seven. We're coming to you today from the base of the snow-capped Rocky Mountains. Plenty of good skiing remaining uh, as we're recording this at the beginning of spring. So come to Colorado, and if you come drop in and see us, I'm Terry. I'm the church ministries leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, the church planning leader for Eastern PA and the Northeast a coordinator for church plant the alliance church planting the uh, through the magic of podcasts today we're going to turn our producer into our guest and so uh, wow. AJ the hat man uh, Gutierrez is uh, going to be our guest today he's going to talk about social media uh, Alan when you first began your church plant what kind of uh, social media or web presence did you have? <laughs> Uh, social media, what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. None of us who are, you know, were in church ministry 20 years ago were even thinking about these kinds of things, but it's vitally important. And so we're happy to uh, tap into AJ's expertise today. Looking forward to it. Yep. So uh, without further ado, put some cream in your coffee, sit back, relax, and listen to Equipping You Podcast. So, we're glad to have A.J. Gutierrez in another chair uh, this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Uh, He's our interviewee today, and uh, we're glad to have you, A.J. It's good to be on the other side of the room. It's good to have you there. Our audience knows you as A.J. the Hat Man Gutierrez, our producer extraordinaire. Tell us about your ministry journey and how you ended up sitting in a table in this studio across from us. <laughs> so um, both of my parents were Cuban immigrants. They came to the United States when they were both uh, young children. They actually met at an Alliance church, were church planters for my entire upbringing. And I went into ministry right out of college, uh, served as a pastor for about five years. I was a worship pastor and a youth pastor. And about... Two years into my youth ministry, the Lord really started to stir my heart and redefine the context in which I understood ministry. And so in that stirring, I decided to uh, go back to school, start my master's of business administration, move across the country and switch careers and go into marketing. And so I landed in the national office about two and a half years ago as the digital marketing manager running all the social media for the Alliance. And uh, you recently switched roles. I did. So uh, I think that was right after you started doing the podcast with yeah. Alan and me. So we've been very good for your career. Yeah. <laughs> we sure have. And uh, so what's your role with the Alliance now? And what excites it, uh, you about it other than getting to work with Alan? And yes. Me? Um, <laughs> frankly, uh, I do really enjoy these things. Um, this is so much fun for me. Uh, I am the, digi- uh, the director for digital media. Um, I oversee the team that leads uh, the website, social media, email, podcasting, live stream, and fun things like that at the Alliance. Uh, In terms of what excites me, honestly, stuff like this, I love new stuff. So I'm always 
venturing out into a new space. I think there's a ton of opportunity for the Alliance in, in the digital sphere. Um, I'm really excited about this podcast. I'm hoping we can start some other podcasts and uh, move into some other really interesting spaces. Wow, an Alliance Podcast Network. That sounds fun. Wow. That's the name I had. Thanks, Alan, for wow. So now, now I can't use it. So, <laughs> Great it's, minds think alike. Alan's idea now. So, <laughs> APN, baby. Forget that, man. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry you can't use my idea. <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, digital marketing uh, is not, you know, your common ministry term. Mm-hmm. So clarify for us exactly what that is. So the way I would describe this is digital marketing is really, um, as our team's purpose statement, is to convert strangers into advocates. And the idea is how can we take people who have never heard about the Alliance, who have no idea what we do, and not just move them down to I go to an Alliance church, but move them past that into I serve with the Alliance, I go with the Alliance, I give to the Alliance, and so should you they become advocates for the Alliance. And so that's really our mission in the digital media team. And digital marketing really just facilitates that in the digital space. And so we hope to grow people in their relationship and uh, connection to the Alliance so that they grow in greater ministry and greater involvement and greater engagement and all those things. Good. So uh, all of that sounds fairly strategic. So, you know, how does your, what makes your role strategic for the Alliance? Well, in in years past, um, the digital team has served as either like a communications channel or a marketing channel. And really digital can do so much more than that. It's customer service, it's public relations, it's fundraising, it is just a, a plethora of things to use a three amigos team <laughs> a term. <laughs> and, uh, and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to strategically map different things. There's, there's two things really that we're trying to do. One is to map journeys. So when people come to our website, where else do they go? Do they just leave our website? Is there something that ushers them into a greater involvement or is it just kind of a pretty place to go? And so we're trying to map behavior. And then the other thing is that we're trying to deepen relationship. And so what we're trying to do through all of our platforms is draw people into greater engagement. And so, you know, people might go to an Alliance church. And so then they see that we have a Facebook. And so they follow us there. Well, how can we get them in a deeper relationship? Maybe they go on a missions trip. Maybe they start to give to the Great Commission Fund, uh, different things like that. All of those are deeper levels of engagement in terms of relationship. And so those are the two things that we're strategically trying to maximize the digital space for. Wow. Mapping journeys and deeper relationships. That sounds like something that maybe pastors should care about. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't That's you, the idea. <laughs> well, imagine that. Great. Something we should all care about. All Jesus followers, really. I'm not trying to be sarcastic or anything, but uh, truly translate that into a local church. You know, what benefits would there be for a church establishing a, a strong digital presence? So one of the main strategic tenets of the Alliance is that we want to be where people are. We want to reach the unreached. We want to provide gospel access. And social media is just another way to do that. I get five to 10 messages a week through our Alliance Facebook page from countries that the Alliance isn't even in. It's countries that the Alliance can't go to because their governments are close to Christian organizations. And so 
we are able to have such a broader impact and a broader influence because of the digital space. And the same is true for the local church. How else can you connect and have conversations with and engage with the people from your church five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week? Um, We talk so much in ministry about the Christian life isn't just about Sunday. And the reality is that the church community isn't just about Sunday. And so social media just makes that easier. It makes it more possible to, to engage with your people on a regular basis. And the reality is that most people won't go to a church, but they might follow you on social media. They might interact with your content. And so it's a great opportunity to, to introduce yourself. It's a great opportunity to break the ice and, and start that relationship. Uh, one of the statistics that I looked up before this podcast, and the data was from 2012, so it's, it's older But in this survey, it said 33% of people visit a website of a church before they go inside the doors. We know that that number's grown significantly. And so not just social media, but all of the digital platforms like website and email, those are places to engage people before they get to your doors. And it's a strategic opportunity to to break the ice, to have a pastoral touch um, before they come inside the doors as well as afterwards. If you talk about things like assimilation and and how do you help people become a greater part of your congregation, you can use digital to do that. You can uh, continue to grow your relationship between the church and the congregant using digital media. Yeah, I've heard Carrie Newhoff say that nowadays when people come to your church for the first time, they've probably already made up their mind that this is where they're going to stay unless something goes drastically wrong because of their interaction with you on website or social media. So how should a pastor or church leader or administrator or anybody keep, what should they do to keep that in mind as they're putting stuff out there? Well, so many people um, are willing to neglect the entrance of their church. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, their website, but they wouldn't do that with the entrance of their church. So you wouldn't leave paint cans and, uh, you know, rags all over the front of your, you know, welcome area. But we tend to treat our websites that way. We tend to treat our our social media that way. We don't clean up. We don't make things look fresh and new. We'll spend tens of thousands of dollars updating things and painting the walls and and putting up nice pictures and and all that. And that's not not important. But the reality is that people will often visit your website and your your digital spaces before they ever come inside the church. And so uh, one of the things that I was was blessed to be at Facebook uh, headquarters last summer And I was there with a lot of denominations and a lot of Christian organizations. And one of the things they were encouraging us was to think of of Facebook groups as your third campus um, or your second campus if you only have one. And the idea, though, was to say this is where real community happens in the digital space. That's Facebook's desire. But there's a point to it to say, how do we pastor this area? It's not just something that we should relegate to somebody random and say, hey, can you just take this over because we need something out there? That's really not strategic. It's really not important. It really doesn't produce anything. And so the way that we should uh, focus on these things, the way that we should consider them is this is a a pastoral area. This is an an opportunity for us to reach the lost. I I like to call them uh, a handshake or a shoulder tap. You know, how many times as a pastor did I walk through – my youth group night. And I didn't have these, you know, a ton of like really in-depth conversations, but I would pat a kid on the shoulder and say, Hey man, how you doing? Good. Good to see you here. 
shake somebody's hand. Hey, glad you're here. That was a pastoral touch that means a lot to people. And I was very intentional about that. And the same can be said about your website. How are we pastoring people in those moments, even if it's not sharing the gospel or having some kind of in-depth counseling, but it, it is a pastoral touch. So uh, we're trying to equip our listeners for their uh, ministry in their churches. Play the role of coach or mentor here a little bit for us. AJ, what are some basic concepts and ideas that churches need to understand about ministry in a digital world? The biggest thing that I come in contact with when I'm doing consulting with local churches is people need to understand that this is not another opportunity for announcements. Nobody cares what time your barbecue is and uh, how much it costs to go to Rock the Universe. You know, I'm from Florida. That's, that was our big youth event. If you have a Cedar Point trip, that's not what they're looking for. Those are good things. But if that's what you fill your feeds with, if that's what you fill your emails with, if that's what the content of your website, people don't care. And the reason is these platforms are about delivering value. It's different than announcements. It's about delivering value. So as selfish as we are, as egocentric as we are, everybody is thinking to themselves, what does this matter to me? And so if you're not delivering content that communicates that to people inherently, then they're not going to engage with it. And so that's one of the reasons why we do things like quotes and verses. A lot of people are like, man, what are we really getting out of that? And I'm like, you know, maybe not much, but it's a pastoral touch. It's an opportunity to minister to somebody, and it's, 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 a, it's an avenue for God to speak to a person's heart. And so although it may not seem very transactional, which is a good thing, by the way, it doesn't seem transactional because we don't get anything back from it. The reality is that we're the, we should come to these spaces with the mentality of how do I deliver value? And when you deliver value— that's when people engage. That's when people want to go deeper. And that's what opens the door into real meaningful conversations. So how do you balance out, AJ? You know, you got, you got the, you have your people who are already part of your church. And then you also have people who are trying to get introduced to your church. You know, their first, uh, their first time coming to your church essentially is through the website or whatever. So mm-hmm. how do you balance out targeting these two different groups through your digital media? That's a very specific question to each context. So um, some churches may want to focus entirely on this is a our people, our family area. This is a space for just our family. Um, I, w- I would highly recommend against that, but some people do that and others may say this is only for outsiders and we have Facebook groups where our our people get to have conversations. The reality is I think it's a little bit of a balance of both. And I think that that really happens. So the beauty of digital space is that there's so much that happens organically and the platforms reward organic, inspiring things. So for example, one of the best ways to get people to your Facebook is to encourage your congregation to tag you and to include you in their posts. Because the reality is that uh, platforms like Facebook and Instagram, they elevate or prioritize in the algorithms personal posts as opposed to an organization's posts or a page. And so if Susie posts something about your church, your church is going to receive more traffic 
by Susie posting something than you posting something five times. And so being able to develop a culture where people not only think about that, but they want to share. They, they say, this is a great thing that I'm a part of, and I want people to know about that. I want my friends to see it. That's one of the best ways to increase that kind of traffic and attention. Um, and that's really one of the best ways to engage new people that you don't know. And so to answer your question a little bit more specifically, we tend to focus on our own audience and let the organic posts point those people who aren't already connected to us back to our page. Well, that's really good stuff. I appreciate that. It's kind of a flip side from what people probably look at it at first thought. And that's really good. Definitely. Obviously, most churches are not hiring a digital marketing or digital media manager. But what are some <laughs> essential bases they should try to cover if they're just starting out and they don't want to they want a good presence? Yeah. Um, so we always say the website's number one. Uh, website serves as kind of the hub. It's it's almost right now it's become a glorified um, business card. We don't think of it that way because the reality is that a website can do so much. And so that's why we start there. When people look you up, they're probably going to look you up on Google. And so if you don't have a website, you're probably not going to show up very high on the Google results. And so you want to make sure that you have a website. From there, I would encourage people to think about email uh, because email is where you own the relationship. Everybody talks about that's where you own the relationship in the digital space. Facebook, you're always on Facebook. Instagram, you're always on Instagram. Twitter, you're always on Twitter. In email, it's the only time that it's you and them and nobody else is involved. And so um, if you don't have email communications, that's something that you want to think about. And then third would be social media um, and developing the, that kind of relationship there. And specifically understanding that those things all connect. If your emails look nothing like your website and if your website looks nothing like your church – and your social media looks nothing like either, then none of those things make sense. And so branding is a huge part of that. Stick your logo on all those things and make sure the colors match and make sure that you know, you're know you not inauthentic is one of the things that I talk to a lot of churches about with their website. You don't want a country, authentic, a gritty type of church to have this sleek city looking like website. It's totally going to mislead people when they come and see things. And so authentic and gritty is a good way to be as a church. Um, so is sleek and city. And so just make sure that your communications and all of your digital space reflects what your community is really like. So a website, pretty easy to understand. I get what you're saying there. Social media kind of speaks for itself. You said email. How should a church be engaging in email besides, you know, sending out an email saying, hey, the bonfire is next Friday night. Invite your friends. How many pastors do you know that easily finish on time all of their sermons? Not many, because <laughs> there's so much to say, right? And I say Truth. that as a pastor, right? You know, I, I always went over my time when I when I preached. Terry never did that. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reality is that we have a lot to say. And if you don't have a lot to say, then I would challenge maybe where your heart is and where your time is with Jesus. Because the more that you dig in with intimacy with him, the more he places inside of you. And so as pastors, we have a lot of opportunities to say things. And email is just another opportunity to do that. How, how can we follow up? How can, you know, some things that I encourage um, local pastors is, hey, if you were to write one paragraph on your sermon that you preached on Sunday that wasn't in your sermon, what would it be? That should be your email. 
Um, if you have a blog, Great idea. if you have, you know, another thing is some, some people, some people are gifted at writing and some people are gifted at preaching and it's hard to find people that are gifted at both. And so if you're better at preaching than you are at writing, then grab your phone, take a minute long video and send that in your emails. Um, and then at the bottom includes some announcements and things like that. Um, you know, and I'm not saying announcements are bad, but if all you're doing is saying the barbecue is this weekend, people will stop listening. All right. So let's say you're in a church that has a little or no digital presence. Where would you start if you're that church? Um, again, you want to start with, uh, uh, with a website. Um, in terms of like where do you go to the, what's the first step, I think prayer is important. You always need to start with the purpose. What is this really helping us accomplish? If you don't have a purpose, then what's the point? We don't need to be everywhere. Um, especially if we can't do it well and with excellence. So, so pray through it. Ask the Lord, what's the purpose of this, of this ministry or this, this uh, tool, and how could we use it? Uh, and then I would look for gifted people. So some churches, you know, if, if you look, <laughs> you know, vlogging is such a big deal right now. So I know 12-year-olds that are wanting to start their vlog channels, <laughs> and their parents are like, no, you have to wait till you're 13, you know, stuff like that. But these are, these are young people that are gifted. They're digital natives. They understand these things intrinsically. They may start a career in that one day. And so looking for gifted people, looking for people with a passion is a great place to start. If you don't have that in your church, then I would highly recommend looking to professionals. There are graphic designers. Uh, there are uh, digital marketers. There are people like me at the national office, and we are certainly a resource for people if they want to reach out to us. We can give you some some quick steps on how to get started. Um, but there are people that do this and do it very well and are willing to help you. And so the first step is looking to where those people are. I will say, well, I'll get into this in a little bit, but you want to look for gifted people, not just people who are willing. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Shouldn't that be the case in all the ministries that we do? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, we use the phrase money being no object. Yes. But money always (laughs) is an object. Right. (laughs) So uh, budget is an issue, especially for smaller churches. What what kind of budget should a church have to start a website? What, What kind of expenditure would they be looking at to start a website? This is really something that, again, you should take time to look through because there are all kinds of graphic design startups. There's all kinds of digital marketing startups that are willing to cut you a deal so that they can build their portfolios. Now, that's discount, so I'm not necessarily saying that's the best place to start. But if you're looking for something quality, I would expect to spend anywhere between $1,000 to $2,500 which can sound like a lot for some churches and for other churches that they didn't even blink when I said that. So that's, that's a broad range, but I have seen some, some very decent organizations or companies that would charge that to do a very, very good website. So that, I think that's where you could plan. And so they're probably looking at something that is then user-friendly for somebody in the church, so they're not continuing to pay somebody always to update stuff. Uh, yes and no. Um, a lot of people want to in, uh, do this in-house, which more power to you if you have someone like that. Um, but more and more, because this is becoming so common, I know a lot of digital agencies that they will charge you that $2,500 up front to build it. And then they charge you 100 bucks a month after that to maintain the website. 
And that way, um, you know, if you're using WordPress and someone deletes a word and the entire page, <laughs> you know, is destroyed, you know, you have a professional that can go in there and say, oh, you missed this word and they can put it right back in as opposed to Joe or Sally who have no idea what key they hit. <laughs> mm, okay. So, so my recommendation again is do what you can. So if it's in-house, that's great. But um, I would highly encourage people to, to pray and plan and budget to be able to do these things really well. In light of that answer, uh, what would be some creative and maybe safer ways for volunteers <laughs> to assist in the digital presence of their church? So volunteering is phenomenal for things like email and social media. Um, the website is the one where I push people, hey, be a little bit more careful because if you break that, it's it's a big deal. Uh, social media is something that if you can get more people involved, that is a phenomenal thing. Now, I'm not saying 20 people should be involved. Um, I think a team of three to five that's really tight, that understands the organization's voice, that understands who you are, that aren't going to go off the cuff and say some things that don't reflect the values of the church. Um, if you're able to get some people like that, that's a phenomenal asset. And so uh, I always encourage, you know, I started doing sound when I was nine. I started helping set up our, you know, my parents were church planners. So I would go in early on Sunday morning and I would set up the entire stage and run all the wiring to the back and set up all the soundboard and everything because I just wanted to learn and I, and I had a passion for it. And so I encourage a lot of people to look to young people, especially for things like social media. They understand it, they get it, and they're going to make your church sound and feel not quite so aged. Mm, that's a good word. Uh, it usually is a youthful thing when you think of social media, people's perspective of it, so to speak. Mm. Another thing, uh, just to go back to what I was going to mention earlier, is this is something that should be about giftedness and talent as opposed to willingness. I know a lot of people who love to be on social media, but they don't do very many good things while they're in there. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anybody so, <laughs> like that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, uh, to use SDI language, you're, you want blues. You want relational people. You want bubbly people. You want talkative people to be doing your social media because you want to encourage interaction. And so concrete thinkers, uh, the greens in the room, the, the really, you know, strategic and scientific and block thinkers are not going to be the best social media people because they will be like, no, that's wrong or that's not theological or, you know, that's not perfectly correct. And the, they, they may not even want to have conversations because they're introverted and they don't like to, you know, go through emotions or things like that. And so I like to look for people that are intrinsically gifted in that way, that love communication, that love relationship, that want to have good conversations uh, because those are the people that are really going to make those things flourish. And they're not going to get into political debates. They're not going to get into theological debates. They're not going to get into debates, period. They're just going to have good conversations. So better to have a bad website or, a, or no website at all. Which is better? Is yeah. It, oh, uh, it's better to have no website at all. Uh, because when people come to your bad website, they think you're a bad church. Okay. And so, you know, it's kind of like... Is it better to have a bad first impression or no first impression at all? <laughs> okay. You know, it, it, that is your first impression. And, and yeah. so I would push people to say, do this right or don't do it yeah. because it's a big deal when you do it wrong. So wrapping it up, AJ, what's the most common question you get asked about this? Uh, the most typical thing I hear from churches is how often should we post? And the reality is that it depends on your context and, and your audience and things like that. 
uh, for larger churches or for, for pages that have larger followings, uh, you're going to have to post more to get into the uh, algorithm organically. Uh, platforms like Facebook and Instagram will penalize you uh, as opposed to other people so that you pay to get in front of people. And so you have to post more to be able to get in front of them more. Um, and then if you're a, if you have a smaller following, you know, it depends on what the speed that your your followers can consume that. So if it's one post a day, if it's three a week, something like that, uh, you'll have to gauge that based on how people are responding to your content. But the main thing that I tell people in this space is it's about consistency. If you are not consistently posting, whether that's three times a week, whether that's five times a day, whatever it may be, if it's not consistent, you will not get in front of your your followers. So develop a plan, develop a strategy, pick some content buckets that says I'm going to do a, four scriptures a week and two quotes a day or something like that, uh, and then just stick to it. So uh, where can Alliance Churches get some basic practical training for establishing their digital presence? Not everything on YouTube is gold. Um, I, I'm just going to preface it with that, but YouTube is an amazing space. Everybody, again, wants to become a vlogger, and so they're all sharing their gold secrets, and they're good. <laughs> Um, so, you know, as long as you're not watching, you know, it's, 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 it's important to mention that this stuff changes every year. I mean, Facebook changes their ads platform like every two weeks. So, uh, I, I, I usually can't find my way through it because they change it so often, but the reality is you want to look for stuff that's a little bit fresher, a little bit newer in its publishing, uh, make sure it has a lot of views. Um, but I would look for some, some stuff there. There's other things like lynda.com. Um, uh, social media examiners, another one, um, that has a ton of information. Skillshare is another thing that, uh, you know, if you want to pay for the membership, that's a great resource to have. Not to mention that a lot of these tools want to educate you. And so there's Facebook tutorials, there's Twitter tutorials, there's Instagram tutorials where they tell you, this is how you should use our platform because this is how we built it. And, and, you know, the same way that, that we say, okay, the Bible is our manual because God says, this is how I created you. And I want you to live this way because that's how I intended you to be used. It's the same with this stuff too, that when they write stuff about this, about their own platforms, we should listen. And so I'm guessing since you are in fact, our producer extraordinaire, that you're going to put <laughs> resources like that in the show notes yes. for this episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll include some links, maybe some other ones that I didn't think of um, so that people can uh, grab those later. AJ, we appreciate your expertise in these areas. You've provided some uh, information and inspiration that'll be helpful to our uh, churches as they try to introduce themselves to their communities. So thanks a bunch for switching chairs. Yeah, I picked up some great points myself as well. I hope to use in our church planning efforts in Eastern PA. So thanks for that, man. Absolutely. You know, the one thing I, I think I'd want people to take away is that this is not a gimmick. This is not something that we're just trying to manipulate people with. Real ministry can happen in these spaces, and God wants to reach people through these things, and He is reaching people. And so I just want to encourage and inspire and challenge people to say, even if you haven't done it yet, wade into it and uh, find some people that will help you. And, you know, the reality is a lot of us find out this stuff by making mistakes, and so that's okay. Go out there and and learn. Great closing words. All right. Thanks, AJ. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we got some nitty-gritty practical stuff for churches in terms of how to do their website. Sure did. Social media, email. We appreciate AJ's expertise in this area. What uh, what stood out to you by way of good counsel and advice, Alan? 
Well, I think helping people understand that this is not a gimmick, uh, that it is something that is a real place for real ministry, uh, including pastoral ministry uh, in today's world, and also the importance of consistency, whether it's just in your, keeping your website clean because that's a new front door uh, for your church, uh, or just you know consistently putting new content before people to help engage them. Indeed, uh, this is vitally important in today's uh, church, so I uh, hope you'll... Uh take this opportunity to uh, analyze your web and social media presence and make it the best you possibly can with the resources that you have. So uh, everybody's out there listening to this uh, podcast, I'm sure. Everybody is, absolutely. uh, Our audience is growing. And what should everybody do? Well, speaking of social media, they should definitely share uh, our podcast episodes on the social media of their choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, anything you want to do to put it before people, that's fantastic. And also rate and review us uh, where you listen to it, because that helps a lot in that whole algorithm world that uh, AJ referenced. Uh, helps them, helps Apple and Google put it in front of more listeners. So we love it when you do it, and you're helping the cause. And so uh, join us next time on uh, Equipping You Podcast. We appreciate you being a part of our listening audience. Keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.